So, I'm out, and I see that there's a dragon there around on my radar, but I don't know which direction it's in. So I get on a little Pokevision, and it, it's able to ping, like, your local area and tell you, give you the general area of where the Pokemon is. Mm-hmm. So it's out, like, at the end of my neighborhood. Like, I have to walk all the way out to the main road almost. So I do that, and I find it. And it has an amazing combat power, and it looks beautiful, because I n- I've never had a dragon air before, and I'm using it to complete. <laughs> oh my god, there's such legitimate. There's such legitimate sorrow. It's because I used 20 great balls. <laughs> and 5 ultra balls. This bullshit. And on the last ultra ball, the game froze. What? <laughs> It is time! It's time! It's time for that load of BS! Ow, you clipped the mic and busted my ear. <laughs> it's what I do. The voice you're hearing right now, that it belongs to the man known as the B. He is Blakey Tanner. Uh, and the man with the largest, grandest vocal resonance in all of Florida. <laughs> that is the S. Scotty Moore. Scotty Moe, baby. So, you know, North Korea, right? <laughs> did you uh, read... Oh, wait, did you not read about North Korea? Look, I read too much about North Korea. So, um, essentially, I read this on the way home. North Korea's top diplomat for U.S. affairs told the Associated Press on Thursday that Washington crossed a red line, and effectively declared war. Oh. I kind of want to go to, like, North Korea and be like, guys, I know I'm willing to give you this next year, but have you seen 2016 so far? Funnily enough, like, if you've been, if you've kept up with North Korea since, oh, the Korean War. Yeah. This has kind of been the thing that they do every other week to remind people they exist. It's their shtick now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, more often than it's, not, they, they actually use it to beg for food from other countries. Really? Dude, we need, yeah. we need to declare war on other podcasts and then tell people <laughs> to send them to patreon.com slash a load of BS. I think it only works with food. Oh, man. Man, damn it. Mm-hmm. I just remember a time when the worst we could worry about was the snowpocalypse. Like, wasn't that such a damn good time? Man, that was a damn good lead-in to the snowpocalypse <laughs> that we wanted to talk about. Shut up! <laughs> Shush! Oh. Uh, no. you... You know, I really the... like that I had a very smooth transition, and then you put a brick wall right in front of it. You're like, no, we're gonna let him know. That's what I do. I ruin shit. <laughs> you, I'm a uh, ruiner. 
I, uh, yeah, it's like I laid down this nice soft pavement that you promptly went and sat your bare ass into. <laughs> uh, dude, this uh, is so... I stuck my hands in it, and I wrote my name and <laughs> the year. And the, the year was 2014. Beat the BTSM forever. BT, BT, with a heart around it. I forgot BTSM, that was going to be one of our tag team names. It was BDSM. Oh, oh okay. That uh, completely ruined the lead up to the snowpocalypse. Yo, no, we're going with it. I refuse to not uh, go with it. So Scotty, you know, with it, it's being as hot as it's been with these record high temperatures. <laughs> I like to think of the cold. For instance... The Great Snowpocalypse of 2013. Where were you when it happened? Like, this isn't even me being an asshole. Like, legitimately, where were you at the time? Because I know where I was. We were in fucking class together. Oh, yes! I... No, no, no. I mean, like, the first bit of snow. Because I remember what happened was, like, this excitement of me walking outside and seeing snow, like, from one of my boring classes and being like... <gasps> Snow! This is going to be amazing! We're gonna have a nice little snow day, and then they were like, Get out! Everything's cancelled! We're all gonna die! Well, my story of the snowpocalypse actually starts a day earlier, because if you remember, I was stranded in Birmingham already. <laughs> oh, yeah! You... Because the day before, that was the day that the transmission on my car decided that it needed to shit a brick. <laughs> my car... It smelled like it was burning, and it just stopped working on the middle of the oh highway. Oh my god, that's right, because I had to come get you. Mm-hmm. It, it was, I was Out still amazed. A, at the like, Denny's. <laughs> at the Denny's by the Flying J, because I was able to... My car stopped working when I was on the highway going 70 miles an hour. And you so had I, the balls to just get it all the way out to the Denny's. Mm-hmm. So I did, I, I swerved across every lane of traffic. <laughs> I prayed to whatever deity was guiding my course that I would make it up the hill and t off to the off-ramp. And there I arrived at the Denny's, and <laughs> lo, it was good. And you'd think that'd be the only car trouble we had during the snowpocalypse. Oh, God. <laughs> Until... So we tried to drive back. Okay, so my car gets towed away. We go and do our normal thing. I stay the night at your place. Yeah. It's fine. The next day, because we go, it was our first class in the morning, wasn't it? No, I had already been to a class. It might have been your first one. No, it was probably mine. Because we went at the same time. I was probably just sitting around uh, yeah. in the lounge. And... Right before we went into that class that we had together, it did start snowing. No, I remember my dad calling me and being like, hey, just so you know, there's some pretty intense snow going down. I'm like, well, Dad, I'm in class right now. I hang up immediately. The teacher walks in and goes, get out. Class is canceled. Oh, God. <laughs> because uh, there weren't any windows in that room either. No. So you couldn't see how heavily it had snowed. <laughs> it snowed a good, like... How much did it snow? Because it well, snowed, there was a lot of snow on the ground. I'm sure for people who live in the north, 
They're just like, oh, that's Thursday. We lived in Alabama to where I'm sure, like, it had to have been a good two inches, two, three inches of snow at that point. And we were like, oh, no, we're all going to die. At which point I realized, well, I need to get my car back home. Sport? Which... Home was two blocks away. Yeah, we could have walked it. Spoiler alert. Uh, no, that was a bad idea. Because <laughs> you have to get up this giant hill to get to my house. We start going up the hill. And at the time, we thought they were friendly. People just started pushing. <laughs> well, we couldn't get up the hill, first of all. Yeah, so they start pushing us up the hill. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. We'll just park at the parking lot on the top of the hill. Then I look to my right, and I see that parking lot pass us as these jackasses decide to push us all the way over the peak of the hill. They pushed us all the way to the top and until we crested the hill. And I, I was so pushing now, two. And so now Blake jumps in like a damn action hero, shuts the door, and... <laughs> It, it legitimately turned into an action movie because we start cruising down. I'm hitting our brakes as hard as I can, and I look at Blake like, the brakes are shut. I try to do, like, <laughs> I try to turn the wheel, and then I look again. I'm like, turn it shut. The wheel doesn't work. The brakes don't work. Point, we slide to a stop in front of a elementary school. And I believe we hit the curb and just narrowly avoiding the car in front of us. Mm-hmm. It felt like we were going a lot faster than we actually were yeah. because we lightly tapped the bumper of the I car think... in front of us. I was like, oh, it's not that bad at all. Man, 2016 is really testing me because, like, even in the snowpocalypse, like, my everything's gone to shit, let's go into Mad Max world level it happened, like, immediately. Because we got back to my apartment, I immediately got a katana face paint, a, a vest that I had decked out with, like, studs, and went insane. Uh, that was where the ever-popular photo of Eskimo Blake was born. <laughs> oh, Eskimo Blake was... <laughs> so, you've got me dressed up in a leather jacket, studded vest... Face paint like I'm in the Road Warrior. Because we were at your place. You had all of your clothes. And a katana. Blake, meanwhile, is in a old man's smoking jacket and an Eskimo hat. And he looks so unhappy. I had to improvise because I didn't have any clothes with me. And I would have died. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I have a katana and I'm like... Whoever dares trespass past this line in the snow shall fairly be dealt with, for I, the snow demon, have brought this upon you all! Jackass. <laughs> uh, then we all, then we tried to find what kind of, what sledable materials were in your apartment. <laughs> Which uh, was can... equal than or less than zero. <laughs> It was all, throw it on the snow, jump on it, and watch it sink into the snow while you fall on your face. All of this can actually be found on uh, my Instagram account if anyone bothers going back far enough. Oh, wait, I forgot. I was also an elf for a while. 
Because before the gravity of the situation sat in, I was like, you know what? I'm going to dress up like an elf, and we'll go out and have hijinks. And then it got real cold, and I'm like, no! It yep. is time! Winter has came! Winter came all over <laughs> us. And then... Oh, God, the food. The food. Like, so... we've made a lot of mistakes with food. <laughs> Well, None, we didn't have not, any food in the apartment, first of all. Yeah, because, you know, we went to college, and so we are like, we're going to go on campus, go get food there. Uh, I Nothing was, was open. I was very lucky. We lived, like, literally a, stone, a th stone's throw away. I feel very intelligent, because I just used the term a stone's throw. Uh, and you messed it up by saying a thrown stow. A thrown stow away from, uh, like... The absolute worst grocery store of all time. It was, it, it was a convenience store that should have been a gas station. That didn't have without gas. A gas station. And so we go over there, and there's just nothing. There's not a damn thing. So People have fucking looted the place. So uh, our dinner for the first night came down to, I believe, Spam? Yep. Uh, macaroni and cheese. Yep, it was those. It was those special little curly shell macaroni and <laughs> it cheese was too. Curly shell with bacon, cause we were with classy. Mm -hmm. And uh, oh, biscuits! Just a can the of biscuits. biscuits. I love the bis. The biscuits were probably the only edible thing from that night, <laughs> along with the mac and cheese. We. I don't know if any of our listeners have ever attempted to fry spam, but uh, don't. <laughs> It's because Just don't do one. it. All right, so for I, the spam was my, my actually cooking most of the stuff was my job. <laughs> uh, uh, to which I failed miserably at. So to cook spam or to cook anything in a frying pan, you know, you need something to grease the damn pan, <laughs> which we didn't have. Didn't we have I really old butter? Oh, oh, I'm getting to it. <laughs> Because I have to paint you the picture of looking in your old refrigerator, like, digging into the back and finding this butter that had been there since the tenant before you lived in that apartment. It was Go probably on. as dry and brittle as chalk. It was I, chalk. I tried... I. So I tried to click. I tried to cut into the center where there would most certainly be some good butter left, right? <laughs> like you just trim off. <laughs> I'm just trimming it away, and then I stuck it in the pan, and it melted. Ish, kind of. And so, like, okay, this will be fine. So I throw a uh, so I throw a fat slice of uh, spam on there. I'm like this is fine. Three minutes in. later. There is so much smoke that the pan, <laughs> the spam, the chalk butter, all of it went out our back window, never to be seen again. Uh, it was either that or burn the apartment down. <laughs> you had to keep that tiny window in the kitchen open. Uh, and even then, you couldn't go into the kitchen without dying from a fisk asphyxiation man that was the true that was that that wasn't the true test of our friendship we'll see how long we could go through all of that without pissing each other off so and we baked the spam it, oh we baked that shit and it came out mm -hmm. damn good 
Oh god, do you remember the uh the casino butter? That's all I can call it. So, oh. <laughs> I'll tell this story. <laughs> so, we go down to a casino and uh on the way there, we find all of these neat little places you can stop off and buy like strawberries that are hand-picked and oranges and Blake being the man he is, just decides, well, I don't want strawberries. I'm going to buy this giant thing of red-skinned potatoes. They were tiny little new potatoes. They were the best damn potatoes you could ever get. <laughs> so, Cause they're little like golf ball-sized deals, and all you have to do is throw them in a pot, stew them up, and they're delicious. Yeah, well, that's not what we did, is it, Blake? Cause... No, we did something even better, because <laughs> I thought of it. So... Uh, we go to the casino, we win money, we win big, we win huge. It's what we do all the time, win huge. You could tell, you could tell an entire tangent about that time at the casino. Oh, we no, should do that we're later. Not, yeah. Uh, then we go to a bar, Blake gets slightly drunk, which led to this. Uh, it was more than slightly. We get to our hotel room where the only channels available were all Korean dramas. That we had no idea what was happening. Uh, the best one, of course, being the aptly named Hair Show. <laughs> I forgot that was what it was named. <laughs> uh, look it up. It's a very famous Korean sitcom, apparently. And or so not. I don't we know. We were watching Hair Show, and Blake gets the brilliant idea. I still have those red skin potatoes. We should make them. In a kitchen that had no... It had a little bit of salt. No butter that could be found. No anything. Then Blake walks in holding a bag of uncooked popcorn. Ingenuity. <laughs> with just the biggest smile on his face. Like, do you see... Do you understand? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, there's butter in the packet. We just open this, get scrape the butter off the kernels, and we'll have delicious potatoes. Uh, I stand by it and to this day. And I believe we tried the scraping method, and when the scraping method ended up not working, we just threw the potatoes in the bag with the popcorn, shook it all up, and just made popcorn with no, We only, we cooked it long enough so the popcorn wouldn't pop, but the <laughs> butter would melt. Oh, so, why don't we yeah. have a cooking show? Why is this uh, not a thing? I don't know, we've made some great things in life. I mean, I like to think we're not, me and you are not men of gray areas. We do not make a kind of okay thing. We either make, like, amazing cheddar biscuits for everyone to enjoy, or we cram a bunch of graham crackers, chocolate, marshmallow into a bowl, thinking that it would work like nachos, not realizing that after about... I don't know, five minutes out of the microwave, marshmallows just harden back up into a disgusting mush. It, our giant s'mores turn into, like, the hardest 
most gooey no, no, no. thing that you never wanted to that, touch. I, I still stand by the fact that it's your fault. Because we I made, didn't do jack shit. <laughs> exactly, you didn't. We made this giant bowl. I go ham on it because I love marshmallows. I love s'mores. Blake eats like two of them. Then just looks at me and is like, all right, I'm done. I don't because have Because I realized how bad of a decision I was making. <laughs> you were just and like. if my life continued down that path, <laughs> I would be living in Florida right now. <laughs> you were just like, I don't know. I don't like sweets that much. And I'm like, I just made a giant bowl of s'mores. You have no choice. Ooh. You piece of shit. The only way to win was not play the game. <laughs> I knew I was going to lose, so I just decided not to play at all. You were much more... You were At least you were graceful in your loss. <laughs> because you ate until you were half sick. I ate until I cried, and then we... I believe that bowl stayed out on my, uh, out on the front deck until I moved. Like, I don't remember getting rid of it. Wasn't that in your first apartment? Yep, that was first apartment. First apartment's problem was marshmallow s'more, the s'more bowl. Uh, apartment number two's problem <clears throat> was, uh, the spampocalypse. The spampocalypse. And uh, I believe in number three, the biggest problem was when we tried to make biscuit dough inside of a tea jug because I didn't have any bowls clean. I forgot about the tea jug biscuit dough. Uh, so, so did I, well, hold on. Did I ever tell you about the bacon epidemic at the uh, at my dorm, the first uh, first place I lived? I don't. I remember the day that we went out and sought bacon. Well, we went back to make the bacon, Blake, and uh, unfortunately, what we did not realize is uh, if you bake bacon, it unleashes a scent that will literally flood an entire dorm hallway <laughs> and also set off the alarm system. To the point where I had to open our door and be like, it's okay. We're just making bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Whose bright idea was it to fucking bake the bacon? Have you ever baked bacon? It's an efficient way to get nice crispy bacon on the reg. Uh, and a nice, nice efficient way to get good Peasantry. What? Peasantry is what it is. Can't change my mind on this one. A nice, efficient way to get good times? To make disgustingness. <laughs> Why are you doing... To lose all of your friends and stop influencing people. Go to patreon.com <laughs> slash a load of BS because, ladies and gentlemen, this show can't run on its own. Us two jackasses aren't Smart. We need money to buy bacon. And we, we need, need money to buy twice as much bacon because Scotty's gonna fuck half of it up. Hey, you're the one who made you're the one who made the chalk butter spam. Hold look, on. You gave look, me improper cooking equipment. Look, look, shut up. We're trying to pitch something. 
Load of BS is on Patreon.com. Visit us over there. Just a dollar of your money a month can go to making good times happen. And once you do start donating, give us a dollar. We'll read your name out loud. Give us five dollars. You'll become our best friend. Give us twenty-five dollars. You can come be on the show, do everything you could ever want, and that's all at patreon.com slash a load of BS. Wait, I feel like our uh, rewards are getting cheaper every time I hear this pitch. What do you mean, Blake? <laughs> patreon.com slash a load of BS for one penny a month. You Do you want to be on the podcast? We'll pay you. <laughs> so, Blake, uh, you know, every everyone listens every week. Everybody enjoys everyone enjoys these deep loads of BS we got to put out. But what they don't realize is that while we are, in fact, uh, the fathers, the creators of this podcast, we are, of course, the, uh, the cool uncles that give alcohol to children of another podcast. I prefer to think of myself as a victim of that podcast. <laughs> That's very accurate. Uh, that'd be the prim- uh, the Horrible Premise podcast, which is hosted by our guest right now, Mr. Mr. Jim, Jim Murphy. You from? Jim, yeah, you from? How are you, sir? I can't do a good Ric Flair impression. I apologize. It's okay. Uh, I think I think Flair has an outstanding lawsuit against us. I'm not sure. After last week, some, some shit went down. Look, he's only a little angry. There's no way he's going to actually pursue legal action. It'll be fine. Anyways, it a, Jim. It was a diglet, not a dick <laughs> pick. It's fine. Uh, so, Jim, a horrible premise for, uh, for our listeners who don't listen to your show. What is it all about? I, I, uh, I came up with a idea for a game show using improv comedy as the base, and I give people fake television show titles like Disco Plush Party and uh, some random words and then I make them come up with television show premises and pitch them at me and everyone else and then we have laughter. It's great times. Every once in a while the me or the bee will show up on there give you you some beauty to work with (laughs) and then we leave never to uh, be seen of again. Now, uh, I'm just writing down the me or the B for future premises. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's not your first podcast, though, is it? You've done no. I've, I yeah, did one did. other one that is. I think it is still available on iTunes, and it was called the Apparently Awesome Show. Oh yeah. Which it was called that because I decided that having superpowers or living in a world where superpowered people existed might sound like a good idea, but in practice would be very, very bad. Especially if everybody has different superpowers, like uh, the X-Men, and you get just like one of those short end of the stick superpowers, like the ability to talk to squirrels. uh, The ability to talk to squirrels is not a shitty superpower, given that the person in the Marvel Universe that has that power is unbeatable. What? I love Squirrel Girl, but it's just a terrible, terrible idea when you first hear it. I, I feel a lot of uh, superheroes are terrible if you try to apply them to uh, real-world situations. Yeah, I would I would guess so as well. Yeah. There was that one guy who was uh, like the silence from Doctor Who, and where everybody forgets uh, that he even exists uh, unless they're staring directly at him. 
I've always been a big fan of Dog Welder. You can't beat Dog Welder as a superhero. D during the show, one episode, we discovered there was a mutant named Choir. It was a woman whose uh, neck featured like nine mouths around her neck. Oh. Um. No, I'm not a fan of that. And we, uh -huh. we basically said that if she did not have a life in pornography, that she would be wasting her talents. <laughs> Damn. All at once. The harshness. Well, Jimbo, uh, you like to play games with me. You like to play games with Blake every week. We yeah, decided... He pays me, so it's okay. Oh, yeah. But mm -hmm. we decided to, uh, to flip the script on you this week, Jimmy boy. And uh, I came up with a little game uh, you're going to play for us right now. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's called... Na uh, it, it doesn't have a name. I'm going to level with you. <laughs> name that game. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, your show is all about uh, network pitches. It's all about show pitches. So I've actually Googled legitimate, real pitches that have gone out to television and mixed them in with some fake pitches of my own. And I'm going to go through and read them to you. And I want to see how good you are at discerning my bullshit from actual bullshit. Real bullshit that made real money. No, no, no. This didn't make money either. This is also... <laughs> so, this is, so it's just either the premise was either pitched by you or pitched by it, someone else. It's basically, is this a real pitch? Or is this a fake pitch? Every pitch uh, on my show is actually real. All right. Are we ready to guess that pitch? Well, there's your title, I guess. I guess guess, yeah, guess that pitch. Uh, right. Pitch number one is a show called Skin Deep. Essentially, a clone of The Bachelor in which the central hunk is a black male. The most desirable man you could imagine. All of the women involved, however would be women who have said they would never date a black man. The show's premise was based upon how they would react and dealt with the prospect of romance with a black man. I, uh, I, I promise I'm not Googling anything, but uh, I, I actually think I've heard of this premise <laughs> before, and also you laughed while reading it, so that kind of gave it away a little bit. Uh, no, I laugh at my own shit all the time. Good you point. would be surprised. I still, I'm pretty sure I heard of a show similar to that, possibly, potentially yeah. existing at some time in the past. All right, I also don't know uh, any of the pitches that you've had prepared, and I would say if I were playing, which I may or may not be <laughs> at this point in time, like you're a I'm, consultant, you're the consultant. I would say that that sounds like a real outside of this chat pitch. Okay. Jim, your final answer? I, I, I still, I think it is not one of your pitches. So you're saying that is a real pitch, I, I think and it you is, would be I, right. I feel I don't Skin know what. Deep is a I, real show. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. I don't know what channel it would air on, but. Uh, BET. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Two, we have bird knockouts with Mike Tyson. A documentary series that follows the baddest man on the planet, Mike Tyson, as he travels to exotic lands to document the various flying fauna he came into contact with. 
from the emus of Australia to his favorite animal, the pigeon in NYC, Tyson would see them all. In the vein of shows like Crocodile Hunter, the viewer would also be presented with various facts about the animals as Tyson hunted them down. The show fell through when network execs had qualms about having an educational show presented by a known felon. That's the only qualm they had. Yeah. <laughs> you see, this show eventually became Mike Tyson Mysteries. <laughs> was it? it, it the, 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 the title was Bird Knockouts, correct? Is he hunting them down and, like, punching them in the face? <laughs> I, I, see, I, I found this bird. I mean, knock it out. <laughs> it's a fighter. It's birds. <laughs> is that the is that the pitch, or is it just, that's, or that's, is it just their call or knockouts like how you would call like a beautiful lady a knockout? But he thinks it's birds, which is also hilarious. Hey, I'm just. This is just a pitch. I I cannot confirm or deny oh. any of this. I I. I don't think I think that is one of yours. I don't think anyone would willingly put Mike Tyson on television or pitch a show where he was the star. Uh, someone's never seen Mike Tyson mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently uh, I haven't. Well, you are unfortunately correct. That's two for two. I'm very bad at this. Uh, uh, pitch number three. I will try less hard next time. <laughs> Danger, Danger Island. About a year after Survivor, one opportunistic producer pitched an idea in which a dozen convicted felons, maybe or maybe not including Mike Tyson, would be fl would be flown to an island and forced to fend for themselves while being tracked down by manhunters, which would include Lou Frigno, who was actually attached to the project. The last convict standing at the end would get one million dollars to donate to their last victim. Oh, I was so with you until the end. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Danger Island. Danger Island. It sounds so not real. And I feel like while I would have thought when I thought the last premise was not real because the inclusion of Mike Tyson, I feel like including Lou Ferrigno might make this a real a real show. Um, I I feel like with the way Survivor was popular around like two thousand two thousand one, that someone probably thought this was a good idea and pitched it. So that is my so, final answer. You're saying real? I am saying real. Oh, Jimbo! You're nailing it, because that is correct. I, um, when I was in college, I took um, classes on uh, primetime uh, on uh, you know cable programming, and I had and yeah. my my final project was actually about the ratings. Uh, the the uh, let's see how do I put this? The ratings between. Uh, reality shows, drama shows, and sitcoms in prime time, and how yeah. reality shows were like completely killing it at the time. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, all, all, I believe all of these are all reality shows. And now we live in the age of reality TV. Yeah, uh, that's what's really made 2016 the worst year. Yeah, that's it. Nothing else. <laughs> uh, pitch number four: The Little Red Man. If M. Night Shyamalan did a reality show, it might be this karma-centric concept in which people who have done bad things are surprised when they're called out on their misdeeds by a 
by a wee gentleman who's been painted red. <laughs> the small red man's victims would then be confronted with their sins, perhaps even facing the folks they wronged. Producers were convinced that if the show caught on, people across the country would be on the lookout for their ambassador of shame. So, oh, God, I want that to be real so much. <laughs> so basically a tiny midget painted red chasing people down. Uh, I would give up the entirety of half of the world's world or uh, reality TV shows if that was real. So Blake thinks it's not real. Mm. No, I mean, if the show was really like a real on TV right now, primetime television show. Well, I'm not saying it's either or. I, I feel like it's the... Um, I feel like I've seen the show before, but I think it was actually a movie called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> But, See, now he's just going to have to rhyme chocolate man. If, if you're getting chased by a little, well, I don't want to say a brown man, that might be misconstrued as <laughs> a problem. But if I guess it could work as long as it's like, no, it's chocolate, I swear. He's <laughs> chocolate. Uh, he just got finished eating a red lollipop. That's why his lips look so red. Oh, no, Blake. He's not filled with nougat. He's filled with shame for you and your actions. <laughs> Coming uh, soon on the cooking channel. Uh, I, I'm going to say that the little red man is not real. Unless you're oh. talking about a movie I made in college that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> you were doing so well. The little red man is real. Oh my. And now I'm going to Google. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the, the last line of the pitch, because I'm kind of like not saying the full thing, but the last line is just, it was totally unproducible. I don't think anything is unproducible. If you've got enough money and midgets. Uh, uh, let's see, pitch number five. Next action. Be, what? Uh, it would be like having to do cheaters on steroids. Oh, yeah. And then that... that it's like if you had to merge that cheaters and that perv-busting show. Mm. All right. Pitch number five. Rough action. <laughs> A reality show based in New York City featuring ten contestants being forced to compete in various action movie scenarios on a weekly basis. Unlike normal shows like Survivor, however, this show would have no interaction with the contestants at all. They would be left to their own devices in their base, dubbed the warehouse, where each week's scenarios are given via envelope. Eliminations would take place in real time. If a contestant were shot in a scenario or kidnapped, they would be eliminated. When only one contestant is left, he has to use his skills that he has learned through the show to break into one of New York's skyscrapers to rescue the, to rescue the eliminated teammates and secure his prize of $1 million. If you're shot, you're eliminated. I, I believe that is a rule. NYPD <laughs> rule would have a field day with that. Well, they say shot in a scenario, so I guess they mean like if you got, got shot by a paintball or whatever. <laughs> I, I got shot by a Pokemon Go camera. He threw a Pokeball right at my head. 
I, I do feel like um, Blake might have something where he says the NYPD might have a problem and it might be considered unproducible. So I, I think that would be a, a fake show, but I would watch it if it was real. You're back on your streak! Rough Action is a fake show. I, I wish it was spelled R-U-F-F. <laughs> and was the exact same premise, but with dogs. But with dogs? Uh, uh, let's see. Pitch number six. We have No One Will Ever Believe You. <laughs> Inspired by the famous tales regarding Bill Murray, this hidden camera show features famous celebrities performing shocking behavior for normal people. How far can their fame let them go? Such pranks would include Ellen DeGeneres sitting down to eat with a family of five, Whoopi Goldberg delivering the sermon at a local church, and John Cena spotting random people at the bench press. The show that gives normal people a shot at the limelight, but unfortunately, no one will ever believe you. Oh, I, I'm just going to say, regardless of where my uh, heart is, that I really want this to be real. So I hope mm -hmm. it is real. What are you thinking, Blake? Well, the premise at first, I thought that it was a good idea, and you got me with, or and I, you know, when you started listing off uh, celebrities like Whoopi Goldberg, you know, uh, like that, I thought, oh, maybe this could be real. But then you said John Cena. I knew it. I knew John would give it. John gave it away from me. I, I like I just want it to be a real thing, and and I'm really, Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi Goldberg, is the one that I would I, I I could see John Cena doing that. I could not see Whoopi Goldberg doing anything. Really? No, you don't think she would follow up Sister Act by doing a sermon at someone's church? <laughs> I'm just saying I don't think anyone in the year 2016 would want to see Whoopi yeah. Goldberg. It, it it's not that um uh, it, it's not that I thought of who would be seen or who you would want to see doing these things. It's just the fact that when as soon as you put John Cena in it, I knew. The, I, <laughs> I, I like the idea, though, of actually, like, getting washed up, like, former stars. Like, because I feel like if if I was in a gym and John Cena showed up and was screwing around. Like, there's a part of me that would think, this is probably for some television thing. Like, I would really think mm -hmm. that, especially, like, around where I live, which is in the middle of fucking nowhere. And but, everyone else at the gym would be like, who is this motherfucker? <laughs> but I feel like it would be it would be less believable to other people if I was like, yeah, I was in the drive-thru and, like, Screech gave me a burger. <laughs> And then, like, like, at the end of every prank, they have to just be like, no one will ever believe you, and then mm -hmm. walk away. Um, all right, our last pitch. Uh, well, I guess you're going to just blatantly believe it's fake, because it is. <laughs> I want uh, it to be real, but... Yeah. Uh, number seven. Uh, I'm going to abbreviate the title, and I'm going to reveal it at the end. Uh, M-I-C, and the... The, uh, I did no, not M-I-C. Are, are you sure? <laughs> uh, the idea was to do a Big Brother-style show where you had a secret force controlling what all of your players do. The, uh, but the big reveal at the end of the series is that the person in control is actually a monkey. <laughs> so, and, wait. Uh, M-I-C stands for monkey in control. Is is this how they wanted the 
anonymous GM storyline on Raw to go? <laughs> yeah. So basically, the pitch is Big Brother, but a monkey. So the people playing on the show would not know that a monkey was in charge. No, they just know someone's in charge, but, and then but, at the end, it's revealed that it's a monkey. But I'm saying, what is the monkey doing to be in charge? Is he like hitting buttons on a like just randomly hitting buttons? And that I'm reading. I'm reading to you exactly what they had. I, I'm just. I, I I like this idea of a show. I just want to know the logistics of how it would work. I mean, I assume. If I was the one who created the show Big Brother with a monkey, <laughs> the the monkey would uh, probably have a bunch of levers, and you know monkeys grab shit, and he pulls down something, and it kind of causes chaos. Monkeys like, grab shit. So most, it's ultimate randomness. Yeah, most reality shows could fall under the category of monkey in control. Uh. They're called producers. <laughs> yep. So, uh, what are we thinking, Jim? Um, there's not enough monkeys on television, so I think this should be a real show. You think it? Do you think the pitch was real I or fake? I think the pitch is real. Oh, Jim, really? It's so obvious that it's real. You yeah. got it. You made you made a mistake of saying that uh, you were just reading what they wrote. Well, uh, yeah, I know. I've been trying to throw you off with different stuff like that this whole time. But, Jimbo, you got it. Six out of the seven. You dominant beast. Uh, I, I had something I wanted to share with you. I had, I had two questions. Okay. One for go each ahead, of you. Go ahead. And they involve yes. scenarios. And I, I'm going to basically paint a picture in your mind of a scenario. Okay. And then I'll ask you a simple question at the end of that scenario. And you'll have to answer as quickly as possible. So but the question I have, though, before I get to the first one, I'm going to ask a question about the second one. That is, have you seen the, the uh, famous film Fight Club? Yep. Wonderful. Okay, well, I, I will get to that one in a minute. First, the, que the thing is, imagine, and this kind of goes back to the superhero thing. Imagine if you had, like, a, I guess, like, kind of like a mutant power, like in the X-Men universe, you... Uh, you hit puberty or something, and or there's like a traumatic experience, and you gain some, or like that that gene is activated, and you gain a power. But in this case, your power is that you shit gold. Okay. <laughs> it is 24 karat gold. It is real solid gold. However, it has the consistency and smell of feces. It is actually okay. your body waste coming out of your butt, but it is somehow solid gold. Okay. The question, how long would it take for either a uh, mafia-style gang, our government, or a uh, foreign government to kidnap you and use uh, your power for ill-gotten gains? Uh, so you're saying this just randomly happened to me in the middle of... Yes. Mm. Like, oh, I just randomly start shitting gold? Yeah. Um, Honestly, I think if I keep it on the DL, they will never realize it. How would it, you... The question becomes, how would you keep it on the DL? Because again, Do you show random people your shit? What would you... You have to be able to do something with it to to make it into something you can use for no, monetary gain. No, I don't. Gain. It's just my shit. I'll treat it like my shit and okay. flush it. You, so you you do not have a greedy gene in your body that would be like, hey, this is gold. I need to. 
No, because like as you've said, it's the consistency and smell of shit. Even if I took it to like cash for gold and showed it to them, <laughs> they'd just be like, "No, this is a turd. You spray painted gold." I, I feel like you would have to. I feel like if I knew one hundred percent that it was gold, I feel like if I if I if something came out of my butt and it was that color, I I'd would go to a doctor. doctor. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like going to the doctor would be the first domino of the domino rally of finding out that you shit real gold. Yeah. I, well, who, okay. who do you think would be the first that would find out? The Russians. Oh, my girlfriend. Megan would definitely know. I'd be like, baby, come here. I need you to see this. I know it's here. <laughs> like, no, Scotty, I'm not coming in there again. Not after last time. Okay. <laughs> my, my second question, again, involves Fight Club. What if you joined a fight club? And then you shat and gulped <laughs> no. everywhere. If you joined a fight club, you decided, hey, like, you see the movie, and you think, hey, that's kind of neat. Like, maybe except for the whole thing at the end with the blowing up the buildings or whatever. So you, but, but somebody starts a fight club, and you join up with them, even though they break the first two rules of fight club by telling you and allowing you to join. And eventually you find out that the person leading your fight club looks very conspicuously like Edward Norton. But you just think, hey, maybe it's part of the show, whatever. But over time, maybe over a few months, you, you come to sort of realize that it actually is the real Hollywood actor, Edward Norton, who is leading <laughs> so your fight club. So and, just Edward Norton's gone batshit and he's and, made his own fight club? But basically, that is what you would come to understand. Like He would leave for months at a time to film movies, but he would always come <laughs> back. You would be in a dilapidated house in Delaware somewhere. Uh, you would be, you would uh, at one point you would uh, bury someone who looks conspicuously like Meatloaf in your backyard. Uh, but eventually you you would find out, hey, this is actually Edward Norton, and he wants us to blow up buildings. And then you find out that hey, actually that really was Meatloaf you buried in the backyard. What Does that okay. mean that Edward Norton really is a figment of my imagination, like I've thought for all these years? Uh, so the problem is, is that Edward Norton was, as far as we know, the real person, and Brad Pitt was the figment of imagination. Spoiler alert to a 17-year-old movie. Okay. Also, so, that you only really get if you read the book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, firstly, I want to say, if it's just me, I'm definitely Jared Leto's character. But if it's me and Blake, I'd like to think. We've taken over the Fight Club. Okay, I would think Blake would be Marla Singer. <laughs> so do I. And uh, Scotty, you would be that uh, poor fellow that they trap behind the convenience store that lives no! in a basement apartment. I'm Jared Leto. I'm the guy who's too blonde. Angel Face. His name was Angel Face. Uh, no, he was very. He was very much too blonde. Every movie I ever watch, I just refer to them as their acting name and not as their character name. <laughs> My favorite character in Ghostbusters was Kate McKinnon. Uh, well, Blake, I think you've got an important thing that you need to tell people right now. So, Scotty, you were telling me about how you had the di- you got your hair dyed, you got what? it all nice and blonde because you yeah. want to be Angel Face. Well, hair yeah. dye is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is, Blake. Uh, and so are podcasts. This so is if, so expensive, what we're doing right now. If only I knew uh, how to shit gold. Do you know how much time this podcast takes up? Do you know how valuable my time is? 
because I love spending my valuable time with anybody but you. Do you know how much gold I could be shitting right now? I could be making so much money. So instead, we ask you, the viewers, the listeners, to support us on Patreon. That's right, Patreon, www.patreon.com slash a load of BS. Where all of us BS boys, me and Scotty, Jim sometimes, other people, um, we come together, we create wonderful BS for you to listen to every week on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. All we ask, support just a dollar. That's all you need to start getting BS rewards. One dollar pledge to the BS Patreon gets a monthly shout out out to you, the listener, er, oh. by your boys, Blake and Scotty, the BS. <laughs> pledge five dollars or more, and Scotty and I, or I, will send you a motivational video every week to keep you going and, and get that one extra rep in the gym or walk that one extra mile or do that one extra thing you wanted to do today. Or catch that caterpie! Get that damn caterpie! And here's the big one, boys and girls. If you pledge $25 a month, 25 only $25 a month, you could get you get a chance to be on the BS podcast with Blake Tanner and Scotty Moore, the BS. Oh, yeah, you could be... be a Just like Jim, except... Jim, we didn't pay Jim nothing. Jim didn't pay us nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, now that it's, we've got B Blake, Jim, Scotty, it's a load of BJs. Uh, <laughs> that being said... That was my uh, one-man show when I was in uh, the Boy Scouts. <laughs> Is that how you got kicked out? Uh, no, I got kicked out because I couldn't recite the pledge. <laughs> because there was so, a dick in my mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> So, Jim, I, I assume you, like all of our great listeners, have uh, been keeping up with the, keeping up with the hot news story of the day and not the fact that uh, North Korea has threatened to declare war. I'm talking about WrestleMania 1962. Oh, baby, the greatest uh, anthology in wrestling <laughs> history. All about – Blake, can you uh, catch Jim up? Catch Jim and all our listeners up on what's happened. All right, so as it turns out, back in the day, President John F. Kennedy, he got his jollies from killing wizards, Logically. of all things. He figured out the one way to kill a wizard, and that's to shoot him in these three specific spots at the same time so they can't regenerate. And he's been doing that, so much so that the Dark Lord Voldemort has been all up like, dude, seriously? So Voldemort's trying to figure out a way to get rid of JFK, to which we turn to Joanna Cena, which is totally not a female version of John Cena not in 1962, and her robot companion slash lover, uh, Robotusama. And so now uh, John F. Kennedy has a giant human robot. <laughs> and Voldemort is attempting to summon the Sailor Scouts with uh, a satanic cult. Uh, Th this makes Voldemort sense, with right, his, Jim? Uh, yeah, with his uh, secretary that's got a crush on him. No, no, he has a crush on his secretary. Oh, other way around. This makes about as much sense as Monkey in Control does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good. Well, just wait, because we're about to crank out three more chapters where oh, it's going to get worse. Mm -hmm. Chapter 8. 
Voldemort and the satanic cult stood back from the crowd of girls in weird costumes now standing in the pentagram. Voldemort countered the Sailor Scouts and quickly realized that there weren't just eight or nine of them. Uh, are there supposed to be that many? Asked Susan, who wasn't quite as dumb as the rest of the story suggested, although almost. This seems wrong. Before I tell you that, said someone who Voldemort assumed must be Sailor Mars, why did you summon us? That can't be just done for party tricks, you know. Because! Oh, because, said Voldemort, controlling his confusion with the sheer number of people they had summoned. We are in danger! The man in charge of this nation is trying to kill all magical peoples, primarily wizards like myself. We Wait, hold to... up a second. What? Man in charge of this nation. Voldemort was from Britain. <laughs> no, he's not really. He's from he was English. <laughs> if he's English, then my voice for him has been wrong this whole time. I think Skeletor's pretty good. The man in charge of this nation is trying to kill all magical peoples, primarily wizards like myself. We want your help in stopping him. All right, said Sailor Mercury. This looks like a job fit for us. Now for some context. We originated quite a while ago, and since then we have had many recruits. We obviously won't turn away a good fighter, so we just use the names of any celestial body we can find. For us, for example, this is Sailor Beetlejuice over here, and that's Sailor Ganymede. Voldemort looked around. He could see hundreds of them, making him glad he chose such a large barn. All right, said Voldemort as the cult filed out, their job well done. To start, we need to scout the area to check if anyone knows where we are. If so, we need to go somewhere else. Sailor Moon, the current leader by annual vote, took command. Okay, sailors Mercury and Jupiter, you look to look for nearby towns. Sailor Io, you, Sailor Sharon, Sailor Maki Maki, and Sailor Ares all need to look after Voldemort, along with the help of anyone who isn't set out on a mission. Sailor Rigel, you and Sailor Titan, plus Sailor Proximus, Proximus Centauri, and Sailor Betajuice need to find some booze. This is a fairly new situation, and you all know how Sailor Saturn gets angry if she isn't hella drunk. Which character is this speaking again? Is it That's a 1950 secretary? Oh, that is a Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, don't you remember? That's, that's always how Sailor Moon sounded. Like, that's an amazing now, impression. This had better not be another town without something... <laughs> with, damn it. This had better not be another town without something with at least 90 proof again, complained Sailor Saturn. I'm sure they'll find gallons of the hottest stuff you can imagine, replied Sailor Moon helpfully. Also, why Sailor Saturn waits, I need Sailor Polaris and Sailor Triton to look after her. You know how she is. Now finally, anyone named after a planet, star, moon, or other singular object at least a thousand kilometers wide at any point is to come with me and stand by so we're ready to hit anything that wants to hit us back and hit it hard. And I especially want you to be ready, Sailor R136A1. <laughs> yeah, um, powers will be especially useful for this job. 
Oh, what? There, there's a Sailor Beetlejuice. Is there a Sailor Brother Nero? <laughs> yes. Sailor Nero! Ah, oh, I think I know what you mean. Sailor R136A1 said slyly. Voldemort observed as a collective of at least 400 teenage girls flew out of the barn door and wondered if they were supposed to be able to fly or if the Arthur was too dumb to do his research. Sailor... <laughs> Sailor Eris, who had minor mind-reading abilities, read the text above and commented, Oh, most of us aren't teenagers, by the way, she said. We've been in operation for a while now. I think Sailor Moon's in her 30s, so you don't have to worry about, say, incompetence or anything. This was news to Voldemort, but didn't affect anything. He had confidence in their abilities all along, uh, except for Sailor Saturn, who apparently couldn't function without alcohol. He and the remaining Sailor Scouts get, got ready to move to his office building so they, could re, so they could create plans and sort things out. There was also the part about getting them to induct the powerful ones he discovered, Johanna Cena and Robotusama. Things were naturally still grim, but looking up. Well, that's the nice. End. <clears throat> I, oh, no. I... Um, I don't know how to read chapter 9. Um, oh, no. Let's, uh, okay. Chapter 9. Okay, so my name's Jeff, and I'm the guest author for this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Jeff. Uh, yeah, yes. And so my contribution is that, the uh, yes. Can, can I? Wait, I, want, I would like to, if, if I had this in front of me, I would like to read it as the voice of Sam the Eagle. <laughs> Hagrid, I mean, Hagrid was on the moon, and he wasn't like an astronaut like a few years early, I don't know. I can make the author explain why for me, but he was on the moon doing something probably good. I don't know why. Well, sorry, I don't know where the backspasky is, so my words are bad. Sorry. <laughs> He should have wrote this whole thing. Author's note, never let this Joker guest write for anything again, even a ship fic. And no, I am not going to explain why Hagrid was put on the damn moon. Thanks to chapter 4, quality is low enough. Now I have to write chapter 10 to keep up with demand. <laughs> oh, this is my favorite horrible thing ever. Oh. Chapter, chapter 10. J.K. Rowling. Oh, baby. Was sitting in her office, reading a fan fiction of her work. Really? She thought. John Cena, in 1962, <laughs> and as a girl? What is this crap? She continued to read the low-quality pile of ass that lay within her computer screen. Now the story was mentioning Sailor Moon. <clears throat> Talk about no creativity, she remarked to herself. <sighs> it was plainly the worst story she had ever read. This shit just got real meta here. Okay, I'd just like to say that I have fully come around to loving this author as much as you do, Scotty. <laughs> it's my favorite. It was the worst story he had ever written. The author that stared at the pile of ass that lay within his... No, he couldn't already repeat that again. He already did it with J.K. Rowling. He was desperately <laughs> trying trying to force some sort of connection between JFK and J.K.R. There was nothing to force, though, and no ships worth sailing. He was a failure. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, in the author's imagination, a picture of J.K. Rowling and John F. Kennedy procreating popped up. <laughs> Sorry, one. He vomited onto the floor and went back to work. Okay, he thought. I'll just move on to the part where Hermione and Ginny are for some reason sailor scouts and also lesbians in love with each other. That'll give me enough of a delay to further develop Johanna Cena. I think JFK would consider Hogwarts to be something that would, he would need a, like a cream for. Well, uh, if you listen to last week's, uh, turns out that after JFK dies, he does get resurrected into Harry Potter. So, you know, that's always good. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the timeline's so a little bit off for that, but you know. Yeah. Oh, God, this shit gets so meta. Um, yeah, there's our three chapters of the world's greatest fan fiction. And who's this by again? I must have missed that on the first episode. Oh, that is the um, the artist known as Cotton Eye Joe. So uh, I, I think that's it for this week, guys. I, I'm uh, on Twitter sometimes. Uh, my handle is apparently smart. Mm-hmm. That is very the, obvious uh, why. Yeah, the podcast is... A horrible horror. premise, not the A. Uh, I like to make things feel more important. <laughs> uh, and, of course, you have a Patreon, too. I, Patreon. I do have a Patreon.com slash a horrible premise. We don't offer such great things as uh, um, fun motivational videos, although I feel like maybe I should. I'll help. We'll help. Yeah, um, just as long as we don't have to pull, like, double duty or triple duty. Yeah. What if the triple duty is made of gold? Yeah. Uh, you know? All right. Well, guys. It doesn't smell like it. <laughs> all right, guys. That's been it for this week. I've been the S. I'm Scotty Mo. You can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. That's S C O T T Y E M O. You can buy my book on Amazon at Quezal Corp. That's Q U E Z A L C O R P. And you can find me, the B, Blake Tanner, at. Twitter at Blake A. Tanner or on the Darkroom Vidya on YouTube. The Darkroom Vidya, V-I-D-Y-A. Yep, and if you take the B, put them with the S, you get a whole load of BS. You can find us on Twitter at a load of pure BS, except no fake substitutes, and this has been a load of BS. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. the thing that sucks is trying to be the jaded asshole that I am every once in a while and then seeing something like that and having like that chill come down your spine and then you're like life magic is real and life is beautiful that's kind of like how going to Disney World is mm-hmm. the more like, you like you get that little sa- you get that little sanity check and you realize that everything's not so terrible and I can be a kid again if I want yep you know what? Uh, this is our cold close. This is our close. To everyone listening, remember shit's gonna be okay. No matter what you're going through, no matter how bad things seem like they're gonna get, things are gonna get better. Cause every little thing is gonna, gonna be, be okay. Right. It's gonna be okay. Cause All we right. don't wanna get sued. Oh, oh, it's gonna be okay. okay.